welcome back. Was it a great day yesterday? Yeah. You're the smart brigade. The others are sort of in between uh, at a breakfast table, maybe an alarm clock and the snooze button. So, um, and it was really interesting because we had, uh, there's a young guy here, Abbas, Abbas? And it's really interesting. What's Abbas, where are you? Can you stand up or put is, your hand is, up? Ab yeah. Where's Abbas? Abbas. Fantastic. Good so, story. So, so this guy here, he wants to get into real estate. He's gone off, got a business card printed with a, uh, a code, code that takes him straight into contacts. QR this code. It's extraordinary. QR code. And um, I think, you know, and Troy was saying it, this is the sort of attitude that we're seeing new agents bring new business energy, and in a matter of two, three, four years, they're out there participating, competing, sometimes dominating agents that have been around for 10, 15 years. But today, and Tom, Tom, it's interesting, because yesterday, Mark Shulman, who I thought was one of the best speeches I've ever seen, not, not just content, but experience, and what I loved about Shulman was he... He lived his message, which was, we're all performers, we're real estate rock stars, everything you do is a performance, the ex next email you're about to send is a performance. And, and I was over here uh, yesterday, and, and, and a chap came up to me that I hadn't met before, and he said, you've got to meet this young guy who's in the audience, and he gave me a Bass's card. And he said, this young guy, he's inspiring, he's, he's well presented, he's polite, he's humble, and, and he's, he's worked his backside off to get a ticket to come up here and watch this event and, and I met him and I had that same experience and and I got this card and then I scanned the card I actually you don't have to scan it you open up your camera you put it on and all of a sudden his contact pops up so he made it easy to do business with him and I said what is your story what do you want out of real estate and I think Abbas you said something around your parents you'd like to help your parents what a great why okay we all we've talked about you need a great why and your why, as we often say on MDA, will change. Sometimes people say to me, what if I can't find what the why is? What if I don't remember my goals? Work out just what are your goals today and be comfortable that they can change tomorrow or in a year. So your why at 20 years of age might be, I want to help my parents financially. When you've achieved that, and I know Nathan knows you. Nathan, I hope, is here. I'm not sure where Nathan I haven't seen him yet, but I know Nate, one of his great passions and goals was to buy his parents a house, which he did. I mean, that's a good damn reason to get up every day and prospect and learn. One of the great things that I think it was, or Toddy Duncan uh, said yesterday was, professionals practice more than they play. Yeah. Yeah. So you think about a sports team, most of them go onto the field three o'clock Saturday afternoon and play a game, but they practice six days leading up to it. You think of real estate people generally, Go to a listing this afternoon, another one tomorrow, another one tomorrow, and then once a year come to Eric. The smart ones, the not so smart ones don't even do that. So imagine if you adopted the elite athlete, and by the way, the world's best athletes all have coaches. Anyone that thinks, oh, I'm too good for a coach, well, you know, it was okay for, for Sampras and Nadal and, and the elite athletes in the world, they all have coaches. So you know, I think this is a, these are the messages, and this is what I love about Eric and, and hopefully MDA, and you guys, I agree with Tom, the smart brigade, you're here because you could have slept in, you could have gone, got, you know, blood last night or whatever people do, but, you know, this is an opportunity, Eric, has each year been an opportunity to change your life, and when you said to me last night, Tommy, that you were so proud because Tom Hector came here when he was 18, Abbas's age, right? Yeah. He wasn't one of the world's best agents at that point, he was an 18-year-old facing the crowd. Yeah. that had achieved 
probably not much at that point other than going to school and being a good boy and a good son and a good friend. Ten years later, he is one, of, and I'm not saying he's one of the best agents in Adelaide or Australia or Australia, he's one of the best agents in the world. Mm. Yeah. And I believe, and this is not a promotion for Eric because you guys are here, but I'm just saying, don't lose the opportunity for events like this and every other event between now and next, Eric, to change your life. So I, everyone I'm meeting, I'm saying, so Troy, what did you get from yesterday and how are you going to implement it? Because you have to review, because you can take lots of notes and you can hear lots of good stuff and then you can walk home and get on the plane this afternoon or tonight and feel good. But what I want, and, and I know what we want, part of our why, is we're about making a difference. And I know when I die, I want to have lots of notes from people saying, you know, you said something to me back in 86 or in 95 or in 2019, made a difference. I went to ARIC, first time ever, changed my life, I doubled, tripled, quadrupled my business. And this is not Disneyland or fantasy, these are real things that can happen to everyone here. So that's what I'm excited about. But John, about. You've, got, you've got a history of the day after Eric to send me an email, which you sent to a number of people, and that email is, hey, this shit happened at Eric, what are we gonna do about it? And then what you do is you summarize in bullet points, maybe a hundred concepts that you thought were good. You, you seem to do that on a Tuesday. Yeah, and I think either you or one of you guys mentioned to me that Marshall White got together last night. Yep. It's not a coincidence Marshall White's one of the best real estate companies and teams on the planet. So here they are, A, they get to ARIC in, on force, B, they take notes, C, is they debrief as a team, and they're now starting to work out what are they going to do Tuesday. So this is, you know, success leaves clues, as they say. So big tick, got to ARIC. Everyone in the room, huge tick, pat on the back. Huge Next tick thing for being is, here as well this morning, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's that? So, so John, uh, John and Troy, that's a very interesting one, because one of the comments that came out of that conversation I was having is they said, we've got most of our team, but we don't have all of our team because there is a group of agents that this year's ARIC, you know, money was a little bit tight. They haven't had a good time. But from our perspective... But by, by the way, total excuse. And, and I love Marshall White. They're the best company in the planet. But whoever said that and whoever accepted that, total excuse. Um, you know, it, it's... Reality was we offered everyone payment plan. Anyone could have borrowed 600 bucks or 1200 bucks or whatever. So the reason I stopped that is, forget Eric, this is about getting rid of excuses in your life, catching yourself and catching those you care for around you. And if you're sitting there and someone said, oh, I'd love to come to Eric, and this is just the metaphor we're using today, I'd love to come to Eric, but I can't afford it. If you say, oh, okay, bad luck, there's always next year, you're a culprit to that crime. If you say, what do you mean you can't afford it? I'll lend you the money. Or why don't you ask the principal? Or why don't you email Nicola and, and Whitney? And like, you've got to find a way because exit doors in life, every, every day you walk down life, there's exit doors opening. Don't have to prospect, don't have to do this, don't have to do that. And you can take the exit doors, excuses, or you can actually say, no, no, I'm going to find a way to get there. So again, this is just a metaphor talking about getting to Eric, but those excuses, because you're going to take your notes back, hopefully everyone's got a iPad or a notebook full of notes. And there will be excuses. Some people will say, oh, my principal doesn't want to do that. Well, dude, here you've got two choices. Convince them, be more persuasive. And I think it was Todd yesterday that said, we're about influencing people. This is what we do as business people, as sales people, as human beings, parents. <coughs> you've got to get better at influencing people. Um, you've got to do it anyway and apologize for it later. Or you've got to shift companies. There are your three options. 
Because if you believe in something and you think it's important to you and you think it's a game changer, don't let someone else around you hold you back. Yeah. And we heard about David Walker's pink lunchbox, right? Yeah. So you can be the person saying, oh, God, I'm never going to take that back again. That's embarrassing, whatever. You can say, okay, dude, I've got a pink lunchbox. You know, that's your problem, not mine. But it's a hand-me-down from my parents. Get on with it. So this is about who you become. We talk about your character and your capability. So what David did with the lunchbox there, that's about character building. When someone says, I can't get to Eric, that's about character building. You say, you really, dude? You serious? You can't get there? Why well, do you ask the, him for a payment plan? We had the same conversation about the market, right? What percentage am I below the market? What percentage am I outperforming the market? Again, it's those exit doors and excuses along the way that people get caught up the in. The market has been the biggest red herring excuse for Australasia, Australia and New Zealand and other parts of the world I have seen. And you know, where to blame as well? Like, you know, people that say, oh yeah, but the market's down, volume's down 30%. Sales prices down 20%. Yeah, but I know there's people in the room that have quadrupled their numbers in the last two years, dude. So clearly, don't worry about the statistics. You're focusing on the wrong things. Don't even focus on your competitors or your colleagues. Focus on your potential. Yeah. So if you're sitting there, this is a full-time career, you're, you're able to and prepared to commit 60 hours a week, the only thing that matters is what do you do in those 60 hours? Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Don't worry about what the newspaper says is the statistics. Don't read CoreLogic, oh, okay, now I can see why I'm not doing well because the market's down. You know, if you combine price volume and price, it's down 40%. I'm only down 20%, so I'm doing well. No, you're not. 20% <laughs> down is not good, dude. Yeah. Unless you benchmark yourself with mediocrity. And, uh, I, you know, I, I said Mark Shulman yesterday. I, for me, he moved me. Do you know, one of his comments that I actually wrote down was, every note matters. And I think Abbas, as an example, that one interaction that he's had with each of us has mattered, right? So what are the touch points, what are the opportunities around for every single person listening to this, whether on audio or in the room today, about what, are the matter, what most matter most for you right now? How do you create that lasting impression? Can the camera make sure they don't pick up Troy's face because he makes Tom and I look extremely average? Even more than we normally do. Yeah. One episode, just one episode when they don't pick on me is when I'm going to love this episode the beautiful, of the podcast. <laughs> the beautiful thing is Tom and I have got a great head for podcasting. Just one uh, episode we without always, picking on me. That's we all always, I ask. When, they go, we're not, when, when, when Steve Jobs spoke to us, we said, we'll pick the audio version of Steve. <laughs> MDA so, podcast was never meant to be live where people could see us. But. So, 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 John, what I want to do, and Troy, with the content that we heard yesterday... I'd like to put a bit of context. There, 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 are, there are three things that I think fundamentally people in real estate have to be able to manage on a day-to-day -day basis. These issues don't go away. One of those issues is that we're up pitching against uh, other agents and there are some agents that are uneducated and there are some agents that have just blatant dishonest and they're going in telling vendors that they're going to get X for this house and then you've got the good guy or girl that wants to do things properly, that wants to be a trusted advisor, that doesn't want to go in and use commission breath and overprice at the most to get the listing. This is an issue that doesn't go away in real estate. I'd love to get your views on how our audience can grab a bit of information to help them move forward from Eric handling that question. So overvaluing whether they do it intently or not. So he, here's my perspective. Is one is, take away the excuse. People that say, I lost a listing because I was more conservative in value, 
and someone else, one of my competitors, added 20% of the price to get the signature, that is not why you lost the listing. You lost the listing because you didn't control that relationship, you didn't own that relationship, you didn't arrive or build um, the integrity, the trust, the confidence you needed to, so when you actually delivered your conversation about price, so first thing is, bottom line, step one, own it and don't worry about, there are going to be people in every marketplace, I've never gone to a marketplace anywhere in the world, there haven't been fee discounters and price overvaluers, that happens. So that's the terrain in which we work, so deal with it, don't blame it. Two is, as Todd said yesterday, high integrity or high trust selling, you must build a profile within your community that doesn't have people questioning you, they see you as the expert. So that is 24-7-365. Everywhere you go, everyone you meet, so here we have Abbas, he's not trying to impress me tomorrow, but he's impressed me as someone that referred me to him that said, you've got to meet this guy. So I'm, I'm, when I meet him, I'm expecting someone who's like really good. You meet someone else in the crowd, and, and maybe you are or aren't expecting it or you're distracted, but I was kind of on the lookout for this guy who'd impressed. Mark Shulman, one of the reasons we had him was I was thinking about him and I tried to get him a couple of years ago, and you know, like he wasn't, he, he was pretty expensive, but not, you know, Barbara Corcoran expensive, but he's pretty expensive, and I spoke to Julie Masters, and I think I texted Julie or something, and Julie's a fantastic speaker, actually I wanted her to speak, but she couldn't um, this year. Anyway, long, long story short is she said, um, I said, what about Mark Shulman, because I'd seen her interview him or talk about him, she said, John, he'll blow your mind, one of the best speakers, she said, I go to a lot of conferences worldwide, and he's close to one of the best I've ever seen, that's a referral. I didn't have to haggle on price, worry about it, or maybe we'll put him to the side. Trusted. So, you know, back to price, you've got to arrive and you've got to be the product knowledge expert and you have to know everything that moves in your market. And, and that, if that's within your conversation, that will build integrity. If you arrive and you say, oh, that one down the road, yeah, look, I think, has it sold yet or not? They're wanting about 550. That's not good enough. So have, have the integrity, own it, have the integrity and build the confidence. The next thing is around price, so you've got to set it up. So I say, Tom, so here's the deal. What are, one of the agenda points today I want to talk about is what's been selling that's like your place? I think it's really important we have that conversation because when we embark on this adventure together of selling your property, which I'm really excited about, it's really important that we kind of are in the same ballpark but the good news is, Tommy, we don't have to decide on price today because we can't. At the end of the day, we actually don't know what the price will be until we start getting the market through it. So I'm setting an expectation. One is I'm assumptively kind of moving gently towards a direction we're going to work together. So if we're to work together, Tommy, this is going to be important. Let's have the conversation. So I'm direct, I'm transparent, but I'm setting up an expectation and I'm taking the pressure away that we don't have to nail price today and anyone that kind of suggests that they can nail price today is not really doing you the, you know, the right, they're doing you a disservice. So I take the pressure back. So here's what we're going to do, Tom. I've brought four or five, because when I spoke to you on the phone and I asked you what sort of ballpark you thought, like you said either side of a million. So I've brought properties between 900 and 1.1. So let's go through them together and have a look. Here's the 9, the 920, the 980, the million and 50. So let's have a look through them. Did you see any of these? How did you compare them? What are your thoughts? If you're a buyer looking at these and looking at your... So this is a conversation... This is not... <clears throat> okay, drum roll, Mark Shulman, drum roll. 950. Because, dude, you, you, you're out. Because someone else has said a million and 50. 
Yeah. So if you don't handle it right, yeah. you, are, you are to blame, not the vendor, yeah. not the other agent, you are to blame. So you do it and they say, well, look, I reckon I'm better than all of them. Okay, well, let's, let's see what the market says. Look, here, here's my perspective is the one at a million and 25 actually was 25% more land than yours, which I think for some people is going to be important and relevant. So we have to kind of see how they respond to that. I love your home. I think it's fair. So people don't want you to think you're marking them down or being critical. So you've got to develop that soft, hard mentality and feeling because if you're there and you're just trying to punch them in the nose with what you think is the truth, even if it's well-intentioned, that's going to like bruise them. Yeah, but yeah. if you're there saying, oh, yeah. yeah, minion and 50, no problem. Yeah. This is, yeah, I, I love your home. Let's, let's go forward. You're signing them up. You're painting yourself in a little corner of, of the space and you're a goner. So somewhere in the middle, you need to be able to take some science in, build rapport, ask them, get engaged, let them know they don't have to finalise price today. This is part science, part art, and you've got to have the both. John, you mentioned it's a conversation. The other side of that conversation, Tom, is also being mindful of the properties that they're currently competing with on the market, right? Because if the comparable sales are saying a million dollars and they come on the market and there's a property that's similar to theirs that's at 900, then you've kind of lost those buyers as well. So you need to be mindful of post-market and also on the market because yeah. you're going to have a better conversation. It's going to be more authentic because then you're going to be abreast and have that hyper-local knowledge. But, but what I said up front, you've got to practice more than you play, which I stole from Todd. Yep. So how many times in the audience here, how many times a day, a week, are you practicing individually as a team with your coach, with your principal, with your colleagues around dealing with delivery of price? Yeah. And if the answer is I'm not, well, there's your problem. Yeah. Don't blame the market or your competitors. The fact is you have not worked hard enough to develop the skill set, the dialogue, to deal with that. Same with fees. You know, if, if you think you're losing to fee discounters, you're wrong. You're losing because they don't see the differential. If I'm two and a half and you're one and a half and the vendor looks at us and they squint and they, we look about the same, of course they're going to go with you. But that's my fault, not yours. Yeah. If, I've, if I'm the best agent on the planet and I'm up against someone who's just starting and I'm two and a half, they're one and a half and I can articulate and the vendor sees, well, I'm not going to go with the one and a half guy. This is too big a decision. And the great news about selecting an agent is I don't pay you until you've delivered me a price that I'm delighted with. So it's kind of an easy sell. Yeah. I'm not saying to you, oh, great, 2.5% if you just write me out a check for that now and I'll get the property sold as soon as I can. That would be harder. I'm not saying it'd be impossible, I'm saying it would be harder because I'd still want the best person on my team. But when you don't pay me anything, putting marketing aside for a minute, mm. until I deliver you an outstanding price that makes you feel like you've got everything in the market, well, then, of course, I'm going to look at the lowest possible tender. Nick, I think we're going to finish at 8.25, okay? So we're, we're on to it. Thank you. Okay, so, you, John, you've got a very eloquent way of giving people possibility but probability at the same time, soft and hard, um, hope but not definitive, the ability to leave the door open to continue the conversation about price. And I think one of the things that's coming out of it is if you're going to have this conversation every day of the week in your real estate career, you better make the decision to master that conversation, you know? <coughs> it, 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 it's, it's critical and, you know, I think I've had an advantage because I've been doing it a while. I practiced my backside off all my life I, and, and that, that sort of, all that stuff comes together. But, 
Yeah, it's the same on fees. That so, 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 the, so the fees an interesting one because I think there are guys and girls sitting here that are probably saying, but, but, but guys, do you understand we've got someone in there that's going in at 1.3%. We're 2% plus GST. So we're approximately 1% more. I want to ask you, actually I'll ask the audience, hands up, do people believe that a real estate agent can affect the value of a property selling by 5%, the final price. Can I get a show of hands? Who believes 5% is a possibility? 10%. 15. You, you believe 10%? Yeah, I absolutely. reckon the difference between a great agent and a novice, bad agent, mediocre agent on a million dollar property can be 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000. Yep. Agree with that. You believe that? In, that's yeah. it. Now, maybe it's because I believe that, yeah. that I can sell that where I can see my extra percent being value for money, money for jam, actually. But if you you got to believe it. You guys are in the lounge room, not me. So you got to be there and you got to be feeling, you know, like if, if I'm the best on the planet and I'm doing all these things right, I mean, I'd much rather have Tommy Hector at 2.5% than someone else at 1.5% if I'm selling a property. So that's an easy decision for me or easier decision for me. So it's, it's how you set it up, yeah. how you arrive. And when they meet you, and, and let's remember, when they meet you is generally not the first time they observe you. They're observing you now, and yet they're not going to sell for 18 months. Yeah, absolutely. They're turning up to your open for inspections. They're looking at you online. They're doing all those little things along the way before they say, John, can you come and have a look at my property? And, and Troisy, they're either, um, they're either getting your social media or they're getting your competitor's social media. Yep. They're either looking at beautiful ads in the paper or they're not, depending if you're a printer or a digital uh, agent. They're, you're right, meeting you at Open for Inspections and being blown away, even when you say, look, I'm not selling. Two years ago, I met this guy and I said I wasn't selling and he brushed me like, you know, I was nothing. Whereas I met someone else and they said, that's no problem. We welcome everyone here. We'd love, still love your opinion. Love to see yeah. what you think about the home. Come through. Can I send you a, a, a property report? Just keeps you in, in, up to date with what's happening in the community in terms of values. Well, Alex Minton mentioned that yesterday. He makes his open for inspections an event. Fun. He gets them really engaged and the, yeah. the community involved. Yeah. And then he supports that with his market yeah, wrap. I'm, I'm mindful. We've got two minutes before we start wrapping up. And I'd like to get people set up in the right state and frame of mind to maximise day two at ARIC. I want John and Troy chime in. How do people... How do people actually do what Tom Hector did, and that is change the course and direction of his life at an event. They've got a day to get focused in. What's the fastest way to let this transformation happen today, John? Firstly, is get rid of any ridiculous concept you might have about, um, I, I'm, an, I'm an audience member, not a, say, anyone in here could be at ARIC next year, the year after, the year after, because all the people that were here speaking, most of them were sitting in where you're doing it now, in the bleachers, watching, taking notes five, seven, ten years ago. So one is, your belief has got to be that I am capable of anything that anyone else on the planet has ever done before or is doing today. That has to be your belief. Then you need, because if you don't have it, you're going to read this stuff, this is all good, not for me, not for me, wouldn't work in my market, no, yeah, that, sounds, that was a great line, but I wouldn't use it. And you get to the end where you kind of just go back to doing what you did before you came to Eric. Mm -hmm. The whole purpose of ARIC is you come, you leave your workspace, you come here, you're surrounded by like-minded, quality people, you're inundated with brilliant content and brilliant life-changing experience, and you go back and you implement. So if you're in that headspace and you're not going to let anyone else steal your dreams about, oh, that stuff wouldn't work here, what did you hear? What did Panos say? Oh, don't worry, Panos, he's a clown, don't worry about him, you know. 
Um, it's your turn. Your turn. And there's some people that will believe that. So, you know, that's, that's the thing is, when someone has a conversation that feels or sounds like that, you've got a choice to respond. I think it was Viktor Frankl that said success lies in the space between stimulus and response. Mm -hmm. So stimulus is, oh, that won't work. Response is, are you going to trial it or not? And I'm not saying everything will work, by the way. Almost everything will, I'll guarantee you that. But you won't know until you trial it. If you just heard a piece of dialogue that we said this morning and you think, I wonder if that'll work in the lounge room. Go back, this is going to be an MDA podcast. Go back and listen to it. When's it going to go live, Troisy? Uh, next couple of days. Next 24, 48 hours. Yeah. So go back and listen to it. Write it down, which is what I do. When I hear something good, I write it down, then I practice it, then I make it my own, so I'll change the odd word here or here, there because my language might be different to someone else's. And, and then you just, just do it. It's yeah. 8.26, so we've got to wrap up. We have, by sure. the way, can I just say this because I'm not going to... Yeah. Barbara Corcoran, I listen... I don't think Barbara's listening, but um, just so you know, I met her 25 years ago. She ran the hottest real estate shop on the planet at that point called Corcoran's in New York. <clears throat> I read about her. I got on a plane, went to New York, visited her. She gave me some time to meet her, which was very, very nice of her. She changed my world. So I think one of the reasons that we've been able to achieve some stuff, certainly anything that I've had to do with it, has been because of her. So I, I want you guys to listen. You you're coming from someone who, you're going to listen to someone in two minutes, who started in all likelihood in a much tougher place than you are now. She kind of started tough in the Bronx, and she's going to, oh, not if the Bronx was Queens or near there, tough, one of many kids, you know, there, there was nothing, you know, special about, she wasn't handed a baton or a silver spoon, and um, she built one of the greatest real estate companies in the planet as a female in the 70s and 80s, when there was no females in business in, in New York against the toughest people, so against all odds. So really listen from that perspective with her. So we're going to get off now and John, let Tom interview her. we may not see you again today on the stage, but what you said about Barbara Corcoran, I speak to more real estate agents in Australia New Zealand than probably anyone else, and I've got to tell you, they tell me that John McGrath...